And we're live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris Show. This is the Thanksgiving edition episode of the Matthew Paris Show. Before we get started, make sure you hit that subscribe button. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show. We talk sports. What's going on in the world of sports? So let's get right into it. The Red Sox hire Andrew Bailey as their new pitching coach. This is report from MLB uh, training rumors. On November 21st, the Red Sox have finally now formally announced the hiring of Bailey as their new pitching coach. Uh, November 14th, the, uh, the Red Sox were close to an agreement with Andrew Bailey to become the team's new pitching coach. Uh, this reports from Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. Assuming the deal is completed, the 39-year-old will head back to a place where he pitched from 2012 to 2013. Uh, Bailey's stint in the Sox bullpen overlapped with that of Boston's first-year chief baseball officer, Craig Breslow. The two-time All-Star pitcher parts of, uh, pitched parts of eight seasons from 2009 to 17 before moving into the coaching ranks. He spent two years with the Angels before taking over as Giants pitching coach going into 2020. Bailey ha- held that role in San Francisco for four seasons. Um, along the way, he quickly built a reputation as one of the game's better pitching minds. The Mets attempted to interview Bailey. The New York Mets attempted to interview Bailey for a bench coach vacancy in 2022, but the Giants refused permission. His contract expired at the end of 2023 campaign. However, Bailey has looked for opportunities closer to his home in the Northeast. He attracted interest from the Marlins and interviewed for the bench coach vacancy with the Yankees yesterday. The Giants subsequently tabbed Brian Price when it became clear Bailey wasn't returning to the Bay Area. Bailey will replace Dave Bush, who was dismissed as Sox pitching coach at the beginning of the offseason. He takes over a staff that isn't too dis, uh, dissimilar, dissimilar, excuse me, dissimilar from the ones he managed in San Francisco. The Giants had a very flexible approach to pissing, pitching usage, frequently deploying openers and bullpen games around top starter Logan Webb, uh, who developed into a high-end arm during Bailey's tenure. Boston has a number of talented multi-inning arms, but is lacking in certainty of the, on the staffing side. So congratulations to Andrew Bailey. He is the new pitching coach for the uh, for the uh, Boston Red Sox, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. Let's see. In other news, uh, San Diego Padres named Mike Schilt as manager. The Padres have announced the hiring of Schilt on a two-year contract. Mike is a proven winner as a manager at the major league level, and he brings over two decades of experience in professional baseball to the position. President of Baseball Operations A.J. Preller said in a prepared statement in his time here, Mike has displayed a strong baseball intellect, a passion for teaching the game, and has established his relationships with players and staff at both the minor and major league levels. We believe that Mike is the right person to lead the Padres forward in our continued pursuit of a World Series championship. Uh, San Diego has come close a couple times, but we'll see. Uh at 10.48 a.m., the Padres set out to name former Cardinal skipper Mike Schilt their new manager. Kevin Acey of the San Diego Union-Tribune reports Dennis Lynn of the Athletic as a former announcement expected today. We just heard it. Schilt has spent the past few seasons of Padres' player development department. So, uh, the Padres somewhat surprisingly wound up with a manager vacancy this offseason after allowing no former skipper Bob Melvin to interview with the Giants who ultimately hired him and signed him to a three-year contract. he previously been under contract with the Padres through the 2024 season. Schilt, 55, beat out a field of reported candidates, including former Angels skipper Phil Nevin, currently Padres bench coach Ryan Flaherty, and Angels infielder coach Benji Gill, former Yankees bench coach who was hired at the Mets manager earlier this month. Also interviewed for the Padres poach. 
San Diego had some level of interest and recently ousted Cubs skipper David Ross, though it's not clear whether he ultimately interviewed for the position. Schilt's own ouster in St. Louis was something of a shocking development a couple years back. He'd been viewed as an extension candidate late in the season as the Cardinals rattled off 17 consecutive wins to search back into postseason contention. And there's been no public indication that Schilt's job was in jeopardy. However, Cards president of baseball operations, John Mislek, cited philosophical differences for the uh, rationale behind the move with additional reporting details floating out in the days and weeks following the decision. So there you have it. Mike Schilt is the manager of the San Diego Padres. Congratulations to him. This was reported about five minutes ago from MLB uh, training rumors. Um, in other news, a very sad news, uh, this uh, reported one hour ago, Willie Hernandez passes away. Three-time All-Star and 1984 World Series champion Willie Hernandez has passed away at the age of 69 after a year-long battle with a heart condition. Per a report from La Premia Hora, a newspaper in Hernandez's native Puerto Rico, the former American League MVP and Cy Young winner, both in a standout 1984 campaign, had been dealing with heart troubles. For around 15 years, his wife tells La Prima Hora, uh, Hernandez himself told Matt Show of the Detroit News back in 2019, after throwing out the first pitch during the Tiger season opener, that he nearly died in 2007 while having a pacemaker installed in his heart. Um... Hernandez is one of just 10 pitchers to ever capture both a Cy Young Award and an MVP in the same season. One of 10. Think about that. That's very impressive. And one of just three relievers to accomplish the, that feat. Join Hall of Famer Raleigh Fingers and Dennis Exerly. The lefty's 1984 campaign was indeed sensational. Hernandez led the majors of both appearances in 80 and games finished with 68. While piling up a hefty 140, uh, one-third innings of relief, he saved 32 games this season and pitched to a pristine 1.92 ERA. He got on to add another 9.13rd innings of a 1.93 ERA ball in the postseason, including a pair of saves during a World Series that the Tigers won over the Padres. This was in 1984. The 84 season kicked off a run of three consecutive All-Star appearances for Hernandez. It was just one of many brilliant seasons over the life of a 13-year-old big league career. Hernandez made his major league debut with the Cubs as a 22-year-old back in 1977, pitching to a terrific 3.03 ERA in 110 innings. He ultimately spent six-plus seasons in the Cubs uniform, pitching to a collective 3.81 ERA at the time. Chicago traded Hernandez to the Phillies in May of 1983, and Hernandez delivered 95 of two-thirds innings of a 3.29 ERA uh, ball for the Phillies en route to a World Series appearance. Philadelphia fell short to the Orioles in the 83 Fall Classic. But that wasn't due to any fall of Hernandez, who, uh, who fired four shutout frames with four strikeouts during that series. Um, you know, uh, Willie Hernandez, he was a great ball player, great pitcher. Um, he will be missed. Prayers go out to him and his family. Uh, there's more here. The Phillies traded Hernandez to the Tigers the following spring. And he went to this, uh, spend six seasons in Detroit, where he worked to a collective 2.98 ERA. Thanks in large part to his often unhittable screwball, his time with the Tigers included the vast majority of his career highlights, all three All-Star appearances, the Cy Young and MVP nods, and of course the 1984 World Series Championship. Uh, elbow troubles in his age 34 season ultimately put an end to Hernandez's pitching career. So he had many, uh, he had some health issues, but he also had elbow troubles. All in all, Hernandez appeared in 744 Major League games, pitching a lifetime 3.38 ERA, 
with a 70 over 63 record, 147 saves, is 788 strikeouts and 1,044 two-thirds of an inning. His postseason work tracks on another 13 uh, two-thirds frames of 1.32 ERA ball and three more saves. We at Major League Baseball express our condolences to Hernandez family, friends, former teammates, and fans. Uh, everybody, uh, baseball fans, everybody expresses their condolences too. Again, prayers and uh, the hearts of, of all Major League Baseball friends go out to his friends and family. Um, it's always tragic when you when you lose somebody, but uh, Willie Hernandez will always live on in our hearts and every Major League Baseball fan's hearts. And he did some great things for the game, so... Uh, yeah, so hearts of prayers go out to Willie Hernandez family and, and his friends. Uh, in other news, this came from 12 hours ago. The Braves, the Atlanta Braves, signed Ronaldo Lopez. The Braves announced Monday morning that they're signed right-hander Ronaldo Lopez to a three-year contract that will guarantee him $30 million, Uh, the CAA client, the Cre- which stands for Creative Artists Agency. It's one of the biggest entertainment clients in sports and movies and television in Los Angeles. Will be paid four million in t- 2024 and $11 million in both 2025 and 2026. There's an $8 million club option for the 2027 season with a $4 million buyout. Uh, must be nice for him to have all that talent, have all that money. I wish I had some of that. Um, Lopez became the fifth name added to the Braves' bullpen mix since their season ended, joining resigning righties Joe Jimenez, three years, $26 million, and Pierce Johnson, two years, with $14.25 million. And trade acquisitions Aaron Bummer and Jackson Coer. Interestingly, however, Justin Toscano of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uh, tweets that the Braves will have Lopez prepare as a starting pitcher this winter. While the club isn't necessarily penciling Lopez in the 2024 rotation, the Braves believes he could have success in either role and ramping him down from starting to relieving is, of course, easier than the inverse. Lopez's specific role may not be determined until that spring, but it's certainly notable that there's at least a chance that he'll get another look at a starter with his new club. Lopez is 30 in January. He has plenty of experience in both roles and hasn't had much success as a starting pitcher. Once one of the sport's top pitching prospects, he went from the Nationals to the White, White Sox alongside Lucas Giotto and Dane Dunning in 2020, 20, excuse me, 2016 trade, sending Adam Eaton back to Washington. While he gave the White Sox 32 starts and 188 innings of 3.91 ERA ball in 2018, he did so with shaky uh, peripherals. On the whole, Lopez carries a lifetime 3.01 ERA of the bullpen, but a much rockier 4.73 mark as a starter. Uh, Lopez's career took off in earnest with a full-time move to the bullpen, a role in which he excelled for the past two seasons. Albeit in different ways, the flamethrowing righty had a rough start in 2022, but was one of the sport's most dominant bullpen arms over the season's final four months. Logging a 1.54 ERA, 28.8% strikeout rate, and 3.1% walk rate from early June through season's end. Overall, his 2022 campaign ended with a sterling 2.76 ERA, slightly above average strikeout rate of 24.8%, and elite walk rate of 4.3%. In 2023, Lopez's run prevention was again strong with 3.27 ERA, but he took a different route to get there. Brandishing a fastball that was now averaging a blistering 98.4 miles per hour, a 1.3 mile per hour increase over the prior season's already strong 97.1 mile per hour. Uh, Lopez punched out a huge 29.9% of his opponents. However, 
His 12.2% walk rate was nearly triple that of the prior season. He uh, uh, all about abandoned his curveball, throwing this just a 1.2% clip after 7.2% in 2022. Uh, let's see what he does, though. In 2023 version of Lopez was effectively a two-pitch pitcher, blazing fastball, a hard slider, with a seldom use changeup and curveball. He has, however, had seasons where he's thrown both his changeup and his hook to a 20% clip or higher, so there's certainly a diverse enough collection of pitches in his arsenal to succeed as a starter. If the Braves can coax better and more consistently results from his secondary offerings, if Lopez were, were to work as a starter, it's only natural to think his fastball velocity would drop a tick, but he still have well above average heart regardless. To an extent, it's possible that Lopez's ultimate usage in 2024 depend on the remainder of Atlanta's offseason. As things stand, the Braves' rotation includes Spitzer Strider, Max Freed, Charlie Morton, and Bryce Elder. There will be competition for the fifth spot, likely including Lopez, but also featuring top prospects A.J. Smith-Scholier and veteran Ian Anderson, who will be returning from Tommy John surgery. Southpaw Dylan Dodd and righty uh, Huskan Yana, hope I said that right, the Braves have been linked to a sub-free agent of note thus far, so if they succeed as signing Sonny Gray or acquire another veteran star, they likely push Lopez more firmly into the bullpen. So, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of... <coughs> A lot of stuff going on, a lot of trade rumors, stuff like that. I mean, we'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see about that. We'll see what the uh, more trade rumors as everything is being updated an hour or, you know, 10, 15 minutes. So there's always news going on. So just keep in touch with that and we'll see. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to the NFL real quick. Uh, football defensive end, J.J. Watt, who retired, is becoming an analysis. Um just recently got married. Uh, he got married in 2020, had a, had a child with uh, Kalea Watt, who uh, I think Kalea spent a, a time as a soccer player, played professional soccer at uh, the Houston Dash, women's soccer. So, by the way, go Dash. Um, let's see here. J.J. Watt uh, is now thinking about making a comeback, saying that he could play four more seasons in the NFL, and he says he'd like to come back to the Houston Texans. He was orig uh, originally inducted into the Houston Texans Ring of Honor. So let's see right here. This is from the Battle Red blog. J.J. Watt calls out fan base after win versus Cardinals. Your one-stop shot for Houston Texans. J.J. Uh, Watt questions on why Texans Cardinals game is impacted in Houston. Um, so he's still very much involved in Houston, but he said he would like to come back and maybe, maybe, you know, as a rumor, maybe come back and uh, play. He said he could play four more seasons in the NFL. He wants to get back with the Houston Texans. Will this happen? I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, we got, he's very hard at work. He's analysis now. He called out uh, the Arizona Cardinals and why the Houston Texans are, you know, the Texans not have a sold out game. Speaking of which, I had to go to work over at uh, Big League Dreams and I passed by NRG Stadium that Sunday and Every every parking lot, all the all the spots were packed with cars. So it, you know, if it wasn't sold out, it was close to being sold out. Um, JJ Watt also has his foundation. Um, he also this is reported by the U.S. Sun. Watt about it. JJ Watt hits at the NFL team who would come out of retirement for as Pat McAfee jumps on chair and excitement live on air. This is on a Pat Pat McAfee show. The 34-year-old former defensive end called time on his legendary career after the 2022 season. Um, 
But Watt revealed on the Pat McAfee show that this week that he's still staying in shape, which led to some obvious questions. Um, you're on the squat rack still, and you're still feeling it. This is the time, JJ. And former Houston Texans star Watt revealed his NFL playing brother TJ also questioned his motive. Even TJ yesterday, who plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers, were texting about the workout. Even he was like, you're lifting a lot of weight right now. What's all this for? Um, could he be making a comeback? We'll see. The thing I keep going back to, I'm not an idiot. That's what J.J. Watt said. Uh, there's thoughts always that come into your head, but I shoot them down. I have not run. I have not trained. Certainly the lifting is there. Uh, the 34-year-old added that Detroit Lions fans are now messaging him about playing for them. That J, you know, So Detroit is another team that's looking at J.J. Watt if he comes out of retirement. That's in addition to Brother TJ's team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh is now also looking at J.J. Watt to join his brother over there. Um, let's see. Uh, Watt denied that he was coming back, but then revealed that the Texans would be the team most likely to tempt him. He said, think about it. It's, it's, let's use our brains for a second. Obviously, Pittsburgh, because my brother is there, but is there another team that's playing incredibly well right now who has got a quarterback who's crushing it and who have got a lot of connections? Let's use our brains. I mean, obviously, that's the Houston Texans. But as McAfee, the show starts excited that the dots, Watts confirmed that it's not happening, nothing is happening. And he later laughed, this is ridiculous. So he's kind of, former NFL Defensive Player of the Year, is kind of laughing about it. He's sort of laughing about it. But if he's sort of thinking about it, that means there's some truth of it. But he's also spreading it around as it is just rumor but who knows we'll see um let's talk about cj stroud a little bit houston texans quarterback cj stroud uh in the game he had in the game against the arizona cardinals this was in houston uh houston ended up didn't winning that game but uh cj stroud did an okay performance he actually threw three interceptions more than he ever has he has now have five interceptions on his uh season which is still not bad because he's got a bunch of touchdowns, but he also threw for 336 yards against the Arizona Cardinals and two touchdowns with a passer rating of 85.0%. That is really not that bad. Um, you know, and CJ had said later on in post-game interview that he will learn from this. You know, I can't have, he can't have a great game all the time, but he'll learn from it, and then we're going to move on. And they have, I think, Jacksonville on Sunday after taking the Thanksgiving week off. Um, of course, now we have the Thanksgiving game between the Detroit Lions and the Dallas, and Dallas Cowboys games, who always play on Thanksgiving Day. So it's a tradition for them. It's a very proud tradition for the NFL. So that's good. Um, but yeah, but we'll see what CJ does against the um, against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars because the Jaguars are doing uh, really really well right now. And I mean, we'll we just have to see. We just have to see. So, I hopefully, hopefully, Houston can win that game. The Texans can win that game because right now, the Texans are in the wild card hunt and with a six and a four record. So, we'll see about that. Um, yeah. So let's move on real quick. Let's move on to college basketball. Uh, the University of Houston Cougars are doing really well right now. They are now the number six team in the nation. They beat the they beat Dane 69 to 55. This was on Sunday, November 19th. Uh, they have Montana coming up on Friday, November 24th, and they have uh, Utah. They beat Utah, excuse me, on Friday, November 17th. 
Houston right now, the, the Cougars are doing really well in men's basketball. Um, let's see here. It's uh, Dane, number six, U of H Cougars dominate Dane Flyers win in the Charleston Classic. So the Houston uh, Cougars just won the Charleston Classic uh, over Dane. Let's see here. Let me look it up real quick. Is it Charleston, South Carolina? The uh, Sheed had 16 points and got the six-ranked Cougars to off to a fast start in a 69-55 victory over Dane to win the Charleston Classic Championship on Sunday night. They, um, let's see here. The Cougars are now number six team in the nation. They are, I believe, 6-0. and I believe the Cougars are undefeated. So they're doing very well right now. This will, coaches poll, still has number one at Kansas, head to the Maui Invitational, uh, the AP 25, Miami. The Miami Hurricanes cracked the top 25 in college basketball, uh, the top of the AP Top 25 release Monday remained the same as last week, but the second poll of the 2023-24 college basketball season saw Miami jump into the top 10 of the rankings for the first time since December 2018. The number 10 Hurricanes are 5-0 after an impressive win over Kansas State in the Bahamas Mar Hoops Championship game. Miami reached the Final Four last season for the first time in program history. It faced its first big test of the season against number 16 Kentucky next week in the ACC-SEC Challenge. The Wildcats move up one spot to number 16 in the rankings despite dropping a close battle to number one, Kansas. So Kansas is still number one. Um, Michigan State remains in the top 25 poll, but dropped three spots to number 21 following a loss to Duke in the Champions Classic. The Spartans opened up the season as the number four ranked team in the nation in both the AP and Coaches poll, but opened the season with a loss to James Madison at home of the first loss in the month of November and Tom Izzo's 29-year coaching career. Um... So, yeah, that's what Michigan State... Michigan State continues a tough preseason slate against number three Arizona on Thanksgiving in Palm Springs, California. Um, right now, the top AT, top 25 in the AP poll is number one, Kansas, number two, Purdue, number three, Arizona, number four, Marquette, number five, UConn, and number six, the Houston Cougars, number seven, Tennessee Volunteers, eight, Creighton, uh, number nine is Duke Blue Devils, and ten is Miami Hurricanes. Gonzaga is number 11, Texas A&M is number 12, Baylor number 13, UNC is number 14, Texas is number 15, Kentucky is 16, Alabama 17, Colorado 18. So the list goes on. So uh, it's a fun time for college basketball right now. Uh, Houston is doing very well. They just won the Charleston Classic. So let me see here. From CBS Sports, uh, L.J. Cryer and the Baylor transfer led the way with 18 points of four three-pointers, but it was Sheed's confident and knowledge approach that led the Cougars to their 34th all-time regular season tournament title in the eighth-time event. Uh, I'm sorry, eighth-team event. Jamal's been with me four years, said Sampson, whose team opened 6-0 for a second straight season. There's a level of trust built up that you don't have after five months with incoming transfer. Jamal's been on a Final Four team, an Elite uh, elite Eight team, a Sweet 16 team with the Cougars, Sampson said. He knows the way I want him to play. He knows the way the team should look. The Cougars look mostly as good as Sampson could hope for in their three games at College of Charleston's home court. They're defeated Towson, Utah, and the Flyers 3-2 uh, by double digits quickly opening up leads. Sheed, who started his 66th straight game for Houston, has also added six rebounds, four assists, and two steals for the Cougars. Uh... 
The Cougars took advantage of Dade's cold start. The Flyers made just one of their first seven shots to open an early double-digit lead. The Flyers come as close as 19-15 after that until Houston responded with 11-3 burst to restore the large margin. The Cougars were able to keep Dane at arm's length and took a 36-28 lead into the break. They continued pushing the pace and eventually opened a 54-34 lead midway through the second half. Um, yeah, so... We'll see what Houston does. College basketball is heating up now. It's always a great time, especially when around next March, March Madness comes around the Final Four. Uh, in other news, let's talk about something that I didn't know. I found out the other day. I wrote an article about the sports column. Uh, Michael Fassbender, actor Michael Fassbender, who uh, has his new movie, The Killer, directed by David Fincher, out on Netflix right now, and has uh, in theaters his other movie, directed by Takai Watiti. Um, Next goal wins about the American Somalia soccer team, which is known as the worst soccer team in the world. Uh, and he plays a coach, a U.S. A former U.S. Uh, soccer coach that goes over there and tries to help him out. Anyways, Fast Minner is also big in the sports, even though he's also an accomplished actor with many accolades to his name. He's big into sports, and he is big into cars. He's big into race cars. He is now a race car driver. He drives for Porsche. He, uh, his big dream is to race at the Le Mans, 24, 24 Hours of Le Mans. There is a documentary on it that you can find on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, so we wish him all the luck there. He's still racing. He's racing the European Tour. He's originally from Germany. So congratulations to Fastbender on uh, racing for Porsche. And, uh, yeah, we'll be watching him on the racing circuit, the European racing circuit, and all sorts of uh, other races. So hopefully he fulfills his dream for uh, to make podium at Le Mans, 24 Hours of Le Mans. So, guys, that is it for our Thanksgiving edition of the Matthew Parrish Show. Please like and subscribe. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Parrish Show. We talk sports. We talk all kinds of sports. The sporting news, the world must know. So, uh, yeah, have a great time. Hit that like and subscribe button. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody, and we'll talk to you guys very, very soon. All right, take care. Bye.